we must restore meaning to the great ideas, partly conflicting ideas, by which mankind is still living. The ideas of liberalism, democracy, and communism. Yes, the idea of communism. Hello, and welcome to Marxism in Our Time a new podcast of Marxist Ideas and Debate from the Deutsche Prize Committee. Thanks for tuning in. The Deutsche Prize is an award given in honour of the historian Isaac Deutscher, who you just heard there in our intro addressing students in Berkeley during a teaching against the Vietnam War in 1965. Each year, the prize is awarded to a book which exemplifies the best and most innovative new writing in or about the Marxist tradition. My name's Kane Shelley. In each episode, I'll be joined by a different member of the prize committee in hosting an author of a book that made it to our 2021 shortlist. The winner of the prize in 2021 was Ronald Sunni's Stalin, published by Princeton University Press, and Sunni will deliver this year's Deutsche Lecture in November. We want to use this podcast to showcase all the other fantastic books that made the shortlist, hopefully introducing a wide range of contemporary Marxist thinking to an audience that might otherwise miss the debates happening in journals and academic books. Our thanks to the Lippmann Miliband Trust for helping to fund this initiative. Today, I'm joined by committee member Alex Kalinikos, and our guest is Panagiotis Sotiris, presenting and discussing his book, A Philosophy for Communism, Rethinking Althusser, published in 2020 by Brill as part of its historical materialism book series. Panagiotis Sotiris works as a journalist in Athens and is also the editor of a collected volume, Crisis, Movement, Strategy, The Greek Experience, published by Brill in 2018. He obtained his PhD from Pantheon University, Athens, and has taught social and political philosophy at various Greek universities. Panagiotis, welcome. It's great to have you with us. Alex, I'll now hand over to you to present the book and kick off the discussion. Thanks very much, and thanks for agreeing to be interviewed, Panagiotis. First of all, I want to congratulate you on your excellent book, which I think is the most comprehensive discussion of Althusser's work. Um, and I found particularly valuable because of the the writings that are less well, well known and only often only recently published that you draw our attention to. I learned a lot from from the book, so thanks very much for that. Perhaps we can start off just with me asking you to say what you were trying to achieve in the book. Well, my, I, I mainly tried to to bring out how. Uh, in the end, uh, Althusser is exactly uh, Althusser's work is exactly about a philosophy for communism. The title of the book that is this idea of, of a very politically uh, political character of philosophy. This idea of philosophy as political intervention. This idea of uh, Marxist philosophy as a very as a new practice of philosophy to facilitate. Uh, communist political practice. I think this is the red thread that runs through uh, the entire uh, book. Uh, 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 of course, at the same time, I try to see how Althusser's uh, work is, is itself a kind of an experimental terrain. Uh, Althusser is constantly experimenting, is constantly self-criticizing, and uh, that's that I try to follow at least on some of the questions that Althusser del- dealt with in his endeavor with his questions, how he moved from a conception of structures to a conception of encounters, and, and how this was also 
in a certain way part of his of his broader attempt to offer some sort of a left-wing criticism of, of the official communist movement. Uh, I try to see his many dialogues with other philosophers, his many philosophical detours, as he used to uh, to, to, to call them, uh, how he was at the same time a very attentive reader of other philosophers, at the, uh, but also highly original philosopher himself. I try to see his, his limitations, uh, the limits of his thinking uh, 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 in certain ways. For example, uh, the fact that at the same time he tried to thoroughly, thoroughly rethink a potential rupture with the existing communist movement, and, and, and which himself was unable to, uh, to perform in a certain way, which was also part of his own, one might say, personal uh, tragedy. I think this, these are the main questions around which I try to uh, articulate bringing together uh, these, uh, these texts to, to form the book in its, in its final form, which, which actually was not written as a monograph on Althusser in the sense of you know, the definite kind of presentation of Althusser's work. And, that, and there are aspects of Althusser perhaps missing from this uh, book. For example, uh, I could say a lot more about his uh, epistemology <laughs> To, to give just one example. Thanks. In terms of how Althusser is known, I think one of the main things he's known for is uh, his critique of the idea that there's, it challenges the idea that there's an identity between Marx's dialectic conceptually and the Hegelian dialectic. Now, even if your book isn't completely comprehensive, you do cover a very wide range of Althusser's thoughts. And therefore you do start off by addressing the fact when Althusser first rallies to the communist movement in the late 1940s, breaking with his Catholic background, he um, is a very Hegelian Marxist. Uh, and in particular, there's a text which slightly surprisingly you don't discuss, called the letter to Jean Lacroix that I think he wrote in 1949, which is a very long letter. It's, a, it's an essay which combines being ultra-Stalinist in a very polarized atmosphere of the early Cold War, but also ultra-Hegelian, a bit in the way that at the same sort of time, Alexandra Koyev seemed to, seemed to have been. How important do you think that very early phase of Althusser's thought, how important do you think it, it is in explaining his, his subsequent development, or is it just a youth, youthful reverie? No, I think that uh, Althusser was indeed a Hegelian. His, uh, one might, his master thesis in, in the late 40s was on Hegel, and it's a very good uh, version of this particular French reading of Hegel. He definitely knew Hegel. Uh, he had an, uh, an, 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 and in a certain way, in his entire philosophical uh, trajectory, Althusser tried to recompose, one might say, uh, a dialectics in a certain way, both in the sense of a theory of uh, social forms and, and their contradictory character, and also of one might say, the, the relation of theory to reality. So th this is, a, a, one might say, a deeper, not Hegelian in the sense of content, but in the sense of uh, ambition, character in Althusser's work. At the same time, 
rather early, even even in his in, in the he, he comes to a certain rupture uh, with this version of a very historicist one might say uh, Hegel, uh, and this uh, one might see this already in his texts in the 1950s, for example, his Montesquieu book, uh, where he tries to to, to rethink uh, through his reading of Montesquieu a kind of, of, of materialism that is not historicist, and of course the, the classical texts. Of the nineteen uh, of the nineteen thirties, which are which is a very, very nineteen sixties, sorry, uh, which is a very important confrontation uh, with the limitations of, of, of a certain reading of Hegel. It's a very open discussion whether uh, what Althusser designates as as Hegelian dialectics is exactly Hegelian dialectics, but it it is a legitimate uh, critique, I think. So, yeah, I think, no, it was not just a passing phase. Uh, Althusser uh, realized that a, a, a materialist conception, uh, both as philosophical practice, but also as historical materialism, as a theory of social formation and formations and their antagonism, had to confront uh, the positions of Hegel and, in a certain way, move beyond them, not just try to rewrite them it, it, or reverse them in a materialist way. The other thing that um, Althusser is, you know, widely received as being is a structural or structuralist Marxist, which is uh, at best an oversimplification. You mentioned the way in which you seek to relativize his structuralism, uh, real or alleged, particularly through the notion of encounter. Would you like to elaborate on on that? Because I think it's a very important part of your argument. Yes, I mean, always in this debate around structuralism, the question is how, first of all, to define structuralism, uh, which is a, always a rather open uh, question uh, in this way. I mean, Althusser was not a structuralist in the sense one might say that Claude Lévi-Strauss is, is, is a structuralist. You cannot see the kind of a combinatory of forms or, or a kind of a social grammar, which, we, which is more closest to classical structuralism. Uh, and, and his uh, conception of structure, even when he flirts, as he says, with this, this kind of language, uh, the language of structures is always not only relational, but also includes contradictions, includes... Uh, this uh, antagonistic character of social reality. Uh, uh, at the same time, I mean, Althusser, uh, uh, what, what one might say that Althusser had in common with what we generally call structuralism was in a certain way theoretical anti-humanism, this rejection of any, you know, unified social human uh, substance uh, as, as the basis of social reality. Uh, and and but at the same time he, he also tried to rethink the very notion of, of reality and th this is very obvious in his self criticism in the second half of the 1960s when Althusser rejects any conception of let's say uh, latent structures or a deep social grammar in favor of this notion of the encounter uh, relations social relations as encounters which I think it's it's very important because. This also, in a certain way, marks his most radical, most radical break, not only with structures, but also with Hegel. This idea of radical contingency at the center of social reproduction. 
social relations in the end are nothing but encounters that manage uh, to last. So there's no teleology uh, here, uh, no grand scheme or no or, or grand narrative of, of of history, which I think is very important because it's because this idea of the encounter is not about randomization or, or pure chance. It's it's about one might say historical uh, openness on the possibility of of transformation, but at the same time, it enables us to to rethink how uh, encounters become relations, become social forms, are reproduced through the interventions of uh, uh, political and ideological apparatus, and this 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 idea of reproduction, which is also very important in Althusser's work. I mean, we now know. But Althusser did not just write an article on uh, ideology that was published in 1971. Actually, it was part of a book on re- on, on reproduction, a much broader uh, conception. So, uh, so I think all this point points to his distancing for this uh, uh, this uh, idea, this simplistic idea of of structure, this this critique that he was he had refused, and he. Uh, while at the same time I insist that he maintains certain, ele- certain, certain common elements with, with this broader theoretical turn of the 1960s, exemplified in particular in theoretical anti-humanism. Thanks. There's a sense in which Althusser was rediscovered in the 1990s when a whole number of hitherto unpublished te- texts appeared around the time also that his uh, autobiography was published. And part of that rediscovery were these very late texts where, where he explicitly thematizes what he called, I think, the materialism of the encounter. But it seems to me you're one of a number of interpreters. I w- would mention Warren Montag and the Ar- Argentinian theorist Dipola who see the thematic of radical contingency as going back much further in Althusser's thought than these these quite late writings. Is that is that correct? Yes, I mean the the, the radical contingency appears in, in contradiction and overdetermination. One might say that the, the most programmatic of his early texts of the nineteen sixties. Uh, it is part of his radical anti-historicism and anti-teleology in a certain way. Uh, and we know now that uh, the, all this theoretical vocabulary of the materialism of the encounter is not something that Althusser elaborated in the 1980s. Uh, since, since we have had a, an entire series of, of publications, of, of posthumously published texts by Althusser, we know that even in the in the in the nineteen in the early nineteen seventies, Althusser had a fully elaborated conception of this new this idea of a, of a materialism of the encounter uh, as a way to describe uh, the radical uh, contingency uh, at the center of social relations. Uh, I mean, and we can see that uh, in, for example, in his lectures or, or, on Rousseau in books like How to Be a Marxist in Philosophy, things that are now published also in English. And even earlier in, in texts from the second half of the 1960s, we can see references to uh, to the encounter. And, and thanks, as you mentioned, to, to people like Dipola or, or Warren Montag and other uh, research that has been done in the past 20 years, we now have a, a much uh, 
a much better idea of how Althusser was working because one of the things about Althusser was that he he was constantly working and collaborating. He was a very generous collaborator, collaborator with, with his students and, and other persons. And he, there, there was an, apart from his published work, the image of Althusser that one might have had from, from the books that were printed during his, uh, uh, until 1980, there was also an entire other set of research, very, very rich, which also in a certain way enables us to understand what he also published but also offers a, 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 a very important aspect, in my opinion, that Althusser, that at the same period that Althusser was attempting to present this, uh, let's say, left-wing critique of official Stalinist communist movement in the 1970s, in his books uh, criticizing the democratic road or criticizing the abandonment of the dictatorship of the proletariat or criticizing the, the internal functioning of the French Communist Party. At the same period, he is working on Machiavelli, the book of Machiavelli, which is a, is a superb book uh, by itself, and other, other manuscripts where you have this uh, theorization of a materialism of the encounter, a kind of a Machiavellian, one might say, uh, uh, Marxism, which is very rich, highly original, uh, and, and this enables us to, to think what's the connection between the philosophical research and uh, the political exigencies in Althusser's interventions at that, uh, that period, which, which, which explains why We've had, we're having now this kind, since the early 2000s or perhaps earlier, this kind of uh, rebirth of Althusser studies with an entire generation of, also by, by younger researchers, exactly because now we have a fuller grasp of the extent and depth of Althusser's interventions, much beyond the, the debates of the 1960s and, and the 1970s. Yeah, I want to focus directly on the, if you like, the new text or the newly published texts of the 1970s, because I agree that uh, it's a very substantial body of work. If you put together the book on reproduction that you mentioned, the two books on Marxist philosophy, which, as I understand it, were originally intended as a, a continuation of the reproduction book, the um, the writings that have been collected under the title History and Imperialism. I mean, this short, unfinished book on imperialism, which he says he wrote on a train in Italy in 1973 or something like that. And then there, there are other, other texts I could go on. I, I think that um, this is indeed a very... Um, interesting body of writing and it seems to me that as you said to begin begin with you're in particular concerned to reconstruct the distinctive politics that Althusser puts forward um and it's in these texts that that politics really i think the politics that is important to you crystallize so could you say something about those texts and in particular the kind of if you like anti-stalinist politics or non-stalinist communist politics that emerges there well th th yes i would add also add uh, the, 
the Machiavellian Ask book, which was published in English in 1999, which was perhaps, of all these manuscripts, it's the one which was perhaps just ready to be published. It is very, it's, it's, the others, you can see that there are still manuscripts. Uh, I mean, Althusser, when the public, the public interventions of Althusser in, in the 1970s all seem to be, uh, have this kind of bizarre combination of two elements. A, a radical left-wing critique of, let's say, uh, Eurocommunism mainly, but at the same time they seem to be uh, articulated in a very classical, you know, dialectical materialist, Marxist-Leninist language, exemplifying the way he defended the dictatorship of the proletariat. Uh, but if you look at, at these texts, and, and th there's a much, uh, uh, let's say, uh, deeper thinking than just, uh, let's say, a classical uh, left communist critique of Eurocommunism, because th there's a deeper in thinking at the same time of, of what, what the materialism of the encounter might be, ha about, uh, but also, uh, about the importance of, of practices and, and how they can be articulated. And one might reconstruct in a certain way through them uh, an idea of, of communist politics as a constant effort, uh, let's say, to, to, build, to, create, to build the conditions for, for good, positive encounters. Uh, this is a phrase I borrow from, from Deleuze, uh, actually. Uh, so I think this is this is this is a much richer conceptualization of of, of politics as as experimentation, but, the, but also also with tensions. It's not an easy. I think I think it was not very easy uh, for Althusser to rethink this kind of radical novelty the the communist or revolutionary movement required at that moment. And perhaps this was also, as I said, part of his very very strong internal. Uh, contradictions. One might see this in texts or notes or even public uh, interventions in the late 1970s or until well, around 19, 1980, where he becomes very, very critical of, of the official, uh, of the traditional conceptualization, both, both of the conceptualization of communist politics and, and also this idea that finally the crisis of Marxism has erupted, which crisis of Marxism is actually a metonymy for crisis of, of the communist uh, movement. Uh, so I think that this, this enables us to, to I think this, these are very important starting, starting points if we want to rethink, uh, you know, communist politics as politics of collective experimentation, uh, collective ingenuity uh, and liberation of social practices. Uh, I think this, this is this. I think one can find in these manuscripts uh, such elements, which, in his published or, or public pronouncements, appeared only in, in very few texts. I would, I would, I would only, I would suggest, for example, you can see these elements in the transformation of philosophy, the Granada uh, lecture that was, it was not published, I think, during his lifetime, but it was at least pronounced publicly. But when you look at these, the other, the other books that are, we have now at our disposal, you can see very much how, how, how elaborate this conceptualization uh, was. Uh, of course, you can see shortcomings. Uh, this is important to note. For example, uh, although he, 
Although he was obviously in various instances influenced by Gramsci, the very notion of ideological state apparatuses, it seems like, for example, coming from uh, Gramsci's hegemonic apparatuses, uh, even in 1978, when he tries to read and re rewrite notes on, on Gramsci, he still thinks that Gramsci is at the root of Eurocommunism, for example, and, and the critique of uh, Gramsci is rather harsh, even in the unpublished text. But overall, there's a, there's a richness in these texts, which are texts that are sometimes fragmentary, uh, unfinished, uh, but also trying to actually confront these, uh, these really open questions. And I think that in a period like, like today, where we're trying to uh, rethink the very possibility of radical politics, this, this going back to these questions, even, even in, the, in their limitations, and dead ends or, or, or you know, impasses uh, is a good start. If we're talking about lacunae in Altair, then one of the biggest is Gramsci. Not that he doesn't talk about him, of course, but the, I mean, you know, there, to put it mildly, grave weaknesses in the critique that he makes of Gramsci in uh, Reading Capital. And you know, you yourself put it quite nicely a bit earlier when you said that when he's criticizing Gramsci in the text of the 1970s, he's, he's got the contemporary Italian Communist Party in his sights. He's not, you know, it's a caricatured Gramsci, a Gramsci who's accused of separating ideology and the state and so on, in a way that, you know, it seems to me that it, the the way scholarship on Gramsci has de developed really makes that seem completely in inadequate. So isn't this a kind of uh, missed encounter in Althusser, uh, a missed encounter between him and the real Gramsci? Yes, uh, it's a missed encounter that was based on an actual encounter. This is what, this has been intriguing me for many years, especially since, as you know, Apart from Althusser, my my other main focus of research is Gramsci. So I mean, we know that when Althusser basically encountered Italy, Gramsci and Machiavelli at the same at the same period, and he was obviously very much uh, influenced by Gramsci initially. And and you have this uh, this footnotes in uh, contradiction over determination who has thought of it on I can only think of Gramsci I mean at, at this at the center of the initial Althusserian project the very idea of a new anti-Hegelian anti-theological anti-historicist conceptualization of dialectics that's Gramsci and then you have the criticism uh, this harsh criticism of Gramsci in in reading capital when he's accused of an historicism which for anyone who has actually read Gramsci, is absent from Gramsci. Gramsci may use the phrase uh, absolute historicism, in my, but at the same time, there's nothing even close to a, to a teleology or historical substance or grand historical narrative in Gramsci. In contrast, hegemony is something that uh, is produced, one might say, in a molecular way, to use a, a, a an adjective that Gramsci often uses in relation to these questions. 
And at the same time, we know that Althusser was obviously influenced by Gramsci's reading of Machiavelli. This is very obvious in his Machiavelli book. We know that in his confrontation with uh, the question of ideology and the role of apparatuses, he has Gramsci in mind and the notion of the hegemonic apparatuses. And we know that even, even in regards to the question of philosophy, philosophy of praxis, also he, he is in a certain dialogue with Gramsci. But I think at the same time, which is something very characteristic of Althusser, he's always uh, struggling against the use of Gramsci and the readings of Gramsci that were made at that at that uh, at that period, and uh, and this can explain this very harsh criticism even in the 1970s. And there are even even uh, you know, uh, for example, strange philological questions. For example, he had read we know that we you know because the book is in his library. It was his Christine Bissiglick-Smans book on Gramsci and the State, which is a book written from an Althusserian one might say perspective and a, a very important contribution to how one can, uh, you know, combine these two approaches, but yet at the same time, uh, in his notes, uh, some of them have also recently published as what is to be done on, on Gramsci, or the, the, the segments on Gramsci in Marx in his limits, that was uh, part of the uh, philosophy of the counter uh, volume in Verso. So in all this, you see, still Althusser struggles against the use of Gramsci, but he projects it upon Gramsci, criticizing the very notion of hegemony, suggesting that it's, it underestimates uh, oppression, domination, and, uh, and exploitation, etc., etc. Very, very uh, classical criticism of Gramsci, but for, for, for anyone who had the knowledge of Gramsci that Althusser obviously had, would not expect it. But I think this was how his his own readings were always overdetermined. And I think that in the second half of the 1970s, he thinks he has this waging a, a, a struggle against uh, a certain Eurocommunist uh, reading of Gramsci, but also of, of strategy. And this perhaps can explain why he, he returns to this kind of, of harsh criticism of, of Gramsci. But indeed, it is a missed encounter, but uh, I mean, since, but but at least I think there's there's we can now see how uh, these approaches can be. You know, the, you, we can at least re reconstruct the dialogue. I mean, I, I, and I think that in any in any potential, you know, uh, re reconstruction or, or attempt to recompose uh, elements of theory and strategy, yeah, th this dialogue should be an integral part of it. And at least in my reading, having worked on Althusser for almost you know, 30 years and also on Gramsci for many years, these approaches are, are not incompatible. Thanks. Well, last question. I want to shift from the work to the life because I think it's uh, difficult not to do so in Althusser's case because, you know, we talk about all these interesting texts that have been published, but they're unfinished. Most these are things that he started and usually abandoned. You know, this vast body of work, you know, like two books written within a couple of years of each other on Marx's philosophy or on philosophy, um, philosophy for non-philosophers and so on. Um, neither finished, neither published. I mean, it's, it's an ex extraordinary and kind of agonized process of 
of production that is that is going on here. And it, you can't separate that from uh, either the mental distress that Althusser suffered from so many decades, or of course what what that led to his murder of his partner Ellen Rietman in in nineteen nineteen eighty. You don't discuss the 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 life of Althusser at all in the book. Um, I think it would be interesting to know why you made that choice, and um, you know any thoughts you have about the relationship between the life and the work. Well, the, the choice not to discuss uh, uh, the life was was I think that sometimes texts have their own uh, proper lives, so uh, and there has been a certain, especially in France, not so much in other countries. To be fair, uh, a certain uh, use of Althusser's life and the tragedy and the murder of his wife, uh, which of course is by itself a very tragic. Uh, Almost unthinkable, uh, you know, uh, event to discredit his his thinking. Uh, that's why I didn't go. But I I I realize now that yeah, it is it is something that has to be uh, has to be discussed. And there are also other Althusser scholars that are are trying to discuss it. I will point to William Lewis, uh, for example, who's trying to discuss also this question. Althusser uh, lived a very uh, Tragically tormented life. If you if you look in, in his you know his his uh, correspondence and you start realizing how many times he was hospitalized, how many he was he was suffering from an extremely heavy uh, version of depression with the psychotic elements, uh, and then you see how many texts he wrote, how many letters he wrote, his correspondence, how many notes he took. So you, you, you're you're amazed. There's always this kind of agonizing effort to to write between hospital sometimes between hospitalizations. You can see that there's sometimes there's a, a, in the texts, in the, especially those that were not published, a kind of manic element. You can see it. He tries to uh, write a very big text in one go, and <laughs> one one might say. Uh, this perhaps uh, can explain, uh, but uh, you you can see sometimes you can see elements of his of his mental condition sometimes in his uh, in his correspondence or, or yeah well, I think it, it it did it did create a, a, a very pressing environment that can also account for some of of the. Uh, of the limitations, he was he was someone struggling not only with open theoretical questions, but struggling with his own personal, you know, mental health situation. So it was a, a very difficult situation. Which, uh, yeah, and of course this this led him to both the, the, a very tragic, you know, this the murder of his wife by itself a, a huge tragedy, which also led had as a consequence for him to to spend the, the, the last ten years of his life as someone who could not have uh, you know a public presence. Uh, actually, he, he was uh, spared 
incarcer incarceration uh, by being judged something like insane in the French uh, legal system, uh, but he obviously could not have a, a public pre presence. It was a very difficult period also for him. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, this 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 is an aspect that for for anyone that has worked on Althusser is always something that is intriguing, puzzling, and 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 very you know tragically moving in a certain in a certain way. This is a this is a person who is very tormented. He seems to be extremely generous, very warm. At the same time, he can be very harsh. You can see that in letters or, or other aspects. And you realize under how how difficult sometimes it was for him to actually being able to actually write all the things that he wanted to write, which one might say were equal to a rewriting of both Marxist philosophy and Marxist, uh, Marxist theory. And this obviously led, I think, uh, it was obvious in the 1970s in, the, in a tragic sense of, of, of inability, uh, which was combined with polit the political impasse of the historical communist movement. And one should, one should remember that Althusser remained well, up to the end, after 1980, a member of the French Communist Party. This was not just a political, you know, affiliation for him. This was his world, his, his universe. And realizing how deep, how deep and irreparable the crisis was, I think it was also an aspect of, of his entire, let's say, uh, tragedy uh, in a certain way which also at the same time <laughs> makes makes even more important how how working on theory trying to articulate theory write all these texts however unfinished or contradictory uh, they might be was also by itself a form of struggle and a resource of life and hope even for him i suppose Thanks to Alex and Panahiotis for that fascinating discussion. That just about wraps it up for this week. We hope that you'll subscribe and tune in again soon. We've got one final upcoming episode with another wonderful author who was shortlisted for last year's prize, Imani Banerjee. And please do check out our previous episodes with Dina Zuvala, Francesca Antonini and Maya Powell if you haven't already. Our thanks again to the Lipman Miliband Trust for their help funding this new initiative. To find out more about them, please do follow the link in the description. You can also find more info about the Deutsche Prize and find out how to nominate titles at our website link below. Thanks for listening. <laughs>